The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right. Welcome, everybody. It's the Sunday edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. That's right. For you two and a half people that are out there used to not having us do this. Yeah, the normal Sunday crowd, right? Yeah, this is a pretty good uh, crowd for a Sunday. And we are uh, cranking it up. It's the first day of our broadcast week, technically. And we got a lot to cover in a short period of time. So tell your friends, do not miss our Sunday broadcast. It's at robertscottbell.com and all the other places later by podcast. But uh, it's new. It's all new, Super Don. And you yes, it made is. it happen. Uh, the weekend was interesting because uh, I was just constantly doing projects. And I did. I, I laid down the tile and then I, uh, I grouted. And I'm um, just uh, got to now do the baseboards after the show today. <sighs> take a deep breath, man. And then we'll take a day off later. But this week's going to be wild and woolly. I'm going to be heading out on Tuesday after the show to go hang out with Jonathan Emord for our Save America tour, three city tour of Virginia. Uh, so, uh, Super D, you're just going to hold the fort here. Make sure we don't fly off the face of the planet. Nope. Does the planet, the planet have a face? It's all good. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The moon has a face. I've never yeah. thought about the Earth having a face. Yeah. If it's a it's a flat Earth, then I guess the uh, the face would be on the one side and the colon would be on the other. Speaking of the colon, uh, CNN has got a big article here that really I, I would say uh, got me off my colon. Uh, I just got up and said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, nah, uh, not happening." Headline reads: Colorectal cancer is rising among younger adults, and scientists are racing to uncover why. Hmm. Now, the, the headline, this is CNN, so uh, we know that uh, they can lie with impunity. And the headline is a lie because scientists are not racing to uncover why, Super Don. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. They are racing to, to not uncover why. They're racing to find the same old tropes, tired tropes of what might cause colorectal cancer and why it's happening in younger and younger people. And I, I could go through this. I, I, I read, Super Don, you'll be proud of me. It's a weekend. I read the whole thing. The whole you thing. And, I was, and I'm like going down reading. I was like, the entire time they're denying anything re- remotely related to an actual cause of colorectal cancer in young people while saying, could it be obesity? We think it's obesity. But then again, it might not be obesity. Hmm. Then it's oh, but it could be obesity. I mean, you can't imagine how many times they went back and forth on could it be obesity? We think it's obesity. Oh, but it's not. It doesn't correlate the same way. It's not. If it is, it's a very weak relationship. Now, this is not me going. Oh, obesity is great for everybody. But that's that is not the point of this. But the point is to point out that they are not racing to uncover why this is happening. And it, it much much later did they even begin to hint at it, but yet they just all well. End result, please send us more money so we can study how well, not. That's, all, that's always the end result, right? Oh, totally. Totally. We just need more money. Yeah. So it starts with a, a young lady at 35 uh, discovering that she has colorectal cancer because she had a blood in her stool. Now, that could indicate uh, hemorrhoids. It could indicate if it's higher up in the GI tract, ulcers or ulcerations. There's a number of things that could do that. 
Uh, but by the time they diagnose cancer, it's because these doctors are too, I don't know if uh, I'm trying to be nice here, but it's really difficult for me at this point that they can't get off their, you know, pharmaceutical aspirins to see what's happening in the aspirins of their patients in reality. In fact, aspirin could be causing some of the bleeding and the cancer, interestingly enough, as I say that. Uh, so uh, she references, uh, what was the guy, Chadwick Boseman, the actor that passed away in his 40s from colon cancer? Mm-hmm. Then the question is why? If indeed we see that colon cancer used to be considered one of those cancers that appeared later in life, if it, if it appeared at all, and now we're seeing more and more people under 50, 40, 30, 20 getting colon cancer, why would we in any way, shape, or form, if we're, let's say, medically uh, degreed professionals, think it's it's got to be genetic, right? Because, of course, everybody in the past used to get colon cancer in their 20s and 30s and 40s too, so that's why it's happening now, but that's not the case. This wasn't happening until recently. In fact, this started happening apparently in the 1990s where they started seeing an uptick in younger people being di- diagnosed with colorectal cancers. And th- this, is, uh, this is based on a paper published uh, recently at the journal Science. By the way, it's just talking about the puzzling rise of colorectal cancer among younger ages. So they're puzzled by this. All right. The doctors are puzzled. Why would they be getting that? So if we could just get more money, we could figure this thing out. And they estimate, check this out, Super D. This is horrific. Among younger adults ages 20 to 49, colorectal cancer is estimated to become the leading cause of cancer-related deaths in the United States by 2030. I thought that Nixon's Nixon's war on cancer in the early 70s was going to result in in something quite opposite, right? We were told. Leading cause? Yes. Yeah. So it's going to it's going to outdo all the other cancers. Yeah. 20 wow. to 49 and it's by 2030. That's their prediction. But super do you go back decade after decade after decade, how much money do we need to throw at the NIH and the NIAID, whether Fauci's there or not, to find out it's an utter and miserable failure when it comes to cancer and just about everything else. Seriously. Hmm. Billions and billions I think level so- away from the trillions now. So colorectal. Okay, so let's. I, I tell you what. Let's um. Let's throw CNN article in the trash can for a moment. Okay. And let's just talk about this. All right. Uh, what Robert Scott Bell? If I said, to, tell mm-hmm. me what, in your opinion, is the leading cause of colorectal cancer? What would you say it is? The very thing that they only hint at at the at latter stages of this article. And what is that? There could be some dietary. Ah, you know, it's like, I'm not a doctor. Right. I was sitting there. I'm thinking, all right, so what would make sense? It's in the colon. Mm -hmm. Well, how does stuff go? Wait wait a minute. That's part of the digestive system. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Colon. So the stuff you're putting in your mouth goes through the colon. Colon, Yeah. It it probably has. Yeah. Give me, give me that million dollars from that, that race for the cure. I'll, Mm -hmm. I, I just figured it out. You have earned it. See, this doesn't happen till almost the bottom of, or, you know, two thirds way through this article. Right. Uh, there's a scientist, I guess, or doctor by the name of, let's see, uh, Dr. Shane Dormady from uh, El Camino Health in California. He treats colorectal cancer patients. He's the only one that spoke any level of common sense, but it was sort of like a throwaway in it. They never really come back to it. And he says this, I think younger people are on average consuming less healthy food, fast food processed snacks, processed sugars. And I think 
that those foods also contain higher concentrations of, get this, carcinogens and uh-huh. mutagens. There in addition go. to the fact that they're very fatty. So he, he, he throws a little bone for the fat thing again, but he actually acknowledges the higher concentrations of toxic poisons that create cancer cells and mutations. I would call them chromosomal abnormalities or abnormalities. Would this be, would this be probably found in ultra processed foods? Probably. Yeah. No, he indicates that, that that's okay. a, a part of this. Now, wasn't it just last week mm-hmm. we were covering a story about uh what was it i'm trying to remember now it had something to do with processed foods ultra processed foods and the the, the, the percentage of processed foods in in the american diet has, has gone up yeah do you remember that oh yeah i don't um, remember the whole reference point of it but but look at this this is what should be the lead of the story the headline should be you know dna damage due to eating garbage synthetic poison I think it was now, additives, wasn't it? It was yeah, additives. additives. That's what it was. Yeah. And and yeah. look at the inflammation that that happens when you, you get these additives. What have I said for years? Additives, preservatives, colorings, flavorings, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. You could almost you could almost turn that into like a poem or like a, a limerick or something. Because <laughs> sure. it's you've used that same list for yeah. for as long as I've known you. But it's but it's all there, and at least at least one person again. So I have to give CNN health credit. They actually went to one person who said it, but then they never come back around and go, "Hey, maybe we should look into and use the word, use the word, say it, organic food." Yeah, get rid of these things that are calling. It looks like it might be right uh, causing this this crazy rate of colorectal cancer, and and something that that they are predicting mm-hmm. would be the leading cancer yeah among 20 to 49 year olds why would you not i mean it's like the solution is staring them in the face and they're just like well uh yeah i think we can probably come up with a drug for that or well it's more chemotherapy ah chemotherapy will take care of that it's a profit motive as as i said you know the the utah safe and effective documentary went into that conflicts of interest if you profit off of the disease you are never incentivized to actually cure it or prevent it in reality, because that would destroy your, your business model. And that matters. And, and Super D, how many people have been writing in for years to this show? And much to their annoyance, perhaps, maybe mine, because I have to keep saying it, is what are you, what are you eating? What are you eating? Right. What are you right. eating? What's going in your gullet? And, and that includes the, the recent, um, I don't know, barrage of, of, of Chick-fil-A uh, MSG burgers. <laughs> you know... You're really you are just purposely trying to piss off all the Christians out there, aren't you? Uh, you've been you've been hammering at Chick Fil A for the last few days. Well, it's, I, it's, I personally have never had Chick Fil A. Well, it's yeah, like I, the, they opened up a Chick Fil A uh, like in 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 uh, the city over the hill here. Do you see? Like, uh, have you ever been there to see the line of cars? I just remember uh, it was in the news, okay. and <laughs> and they showed. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was like crazy, like cars out into the street in line to go through the drive-thru of this place. It's a bunch of drug addicts. And I'm like, okay, now I know I'm at the risk of pissing off a lot of people. I, I'm <laughs> saying this because I care about you. That kind of stuff is not good for you. And in fact, it can, you know, inflame the lining of your colon as well. Just because uh, the Kathy family says we don't use antibiotics in our chickens doesn't mean it's not factory farm. Go back and listen to our uh, discussion with uh, Joel Salatin from polyface forums to understand what's happened to the food and it's only gotten worse. And that's why we would expect, I would 
that younger and younger people would be suffering and maybe even dying from colorectal cancer. My story, as you know, Superdon, also well, grown pharmaceutically, intestinally challenged beyond belief, hospitalized with constipation as a child. That's how bad my GI function was. Blood, yeah, absolutely. All of these things, horrible, horrible health. And I saw the writing on the wall when I began to query my elders who were all healthy when they were children, including my parents' generation. And yet they were dying of cancer later in life, 70s, then 60s, and then 50s. I'm like, holy crap, they were healthy as kids. I was not. What will I be at 40 if I even make it? So in my mind, I could see where this was going without NIAID money, without any grants from the government, before I even knew about homeopathy or natural medicine. I just said, this is not a good look for me going forward. I don't know what to do until then. God blessed me with the, uh, the the opportunity to learn something that I desperately needed to learn to be here now in my mid slash almost beyond mid fifties. I'm holding on to the mid fifties as long as I can, Super D. <laughs> I don't I don't blame you. Yeah, I don't, and, I don't fault you. You know, and doing better at this age than I was when I started my chronic, uh, you know, disease re- re- reversal, if you will. And I've come a long way. I'm not saying that there aren't any more challenges either, but the point is if you eat the food that promotes the the chromosomal damage and the inflammation of the cells, yeah. Super D, are there any people out there that still just want magic pills and that's it? Lots. Lots still. Look at what is going on with weight loss right now. This is the big story right now. If you want a perfect example of that, mm-hmm. uh, the Sozempic. Oh, or I yeah. think there's another another one. It's called Wegovy or something like that. Wegovy. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the same same thing that's going on with that. I mean, yeah. for eons, the the holy grail of of drugs that they've been that, that they've really been looking for. You know, some people mm-hmm. be like, "Oh, it's cancer." No, it's not. Yeah, it's it's uh, how to lose weight without exercising, dude. Because because they know that that would be a, just a. I mean, everybody would buy it, right? Mm-hmm. And so along comes this diabetes drug ozempic uh and they find out and i can remember when that when the commercials first came out it was kind of like well you know do your a1c and yada yada this and that whatever oh and you might lose some weight too and it was kind of like when i when i heard that i was like oh all right well whatever well what happened was later on down the road uh people started losing weight it basically what it does is it's it's an appetite suppressant people don't want to eat so what happened was somebody got the idea of like, wow, look at this. So I'm losing weight. And then word traveled and stuff. And then pretty soon everybody was out there wanting to use Ozempic for, for weight loss. Right. Uh, and it's just gone crazy. All the people that want to use it for uh, diabetes can't get it. Yeah. Because they, they can't keep up with it. So Well, and they yeah. won't be able to get it if there's an economic collapse of the dollar. And most of these things come in from 1500 bucks a month. Yeah. That's how much that, that, that Ozempic costs. Oh, 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 my gosh. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so uh, we had a great AMA, our AMA on Saturday we just had uh, for our um, patron supporters. Thank you all for supporting us that way, and I'd love for you to join us. And even if you didn't, you're a part of the, the patron crew. You can watch it after the fact, or you can join later and watch it, whatever. But we do that once a month live together. And, you know, one of our friends who's been a supporter – um, you know, and you you reached out to help as well. Um, talking about taking so many supplements and at a certain point just said, had to stop. And, and she didn't feel like she was getting the results that she she should. 
And that's okay. Every once in a while, it's a good thing to stop, reassess, try to uh, bring th- things in one thing at a time. But the question of quality of food, can they get the quality of food that I'm talking about here? Not easily, maybe not at all. And so all of the supplements that she's doing are working to counteract some of the things that are happening from the food that she's consuming because she can't get the good quality food that is necessary to sustain and help recover her. Excuse me. And that's a, that's not my rule. You know, this is the thing I remember going back to my early years, super D of learning homeopathy with my mentor. And number one on his list, if people came to see him was, um, are you willing to eat organically? And that's the one thing where like, really I have to actually do that. I was hoping you were just going to give me some remedies. And he's like, well, I can give you remedies, but if you continue <laughs> putting the food in that is even in this article, they acknowledge carcinogenic, inflammatory, lacking in the essential nutrients. And, you know, back in the day when I was talking about it, it wasn't like everything was sprayed with glyphosate as it is today. On top of that, and glyphosate just punches holes in your gut. And so is it a surprise? Should it be a surprise to anybody that we're seeing a rise in colorectal cancers in younger and younger people? And then they're like, they, they're mad at me because I tell them you need to eat organic non-GMO food. Yeah. Well, what else are you going to do? Are you going to lie to people and go, well, it doesn't matter. And, and look, I'm, I'm a fan of prayer. You know that super D. And we've, we've joked about praying hurricanes away. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm not opposed to people praying over their food. That I mean, I've done that too. At the same time, if you have the capacity, and I think many of us do, to do better in terms of our food choices, and yes, there's always a reason to say why we can't, including expense or any number of inconveniences. But I made that decision all these years ago, and this is not me comparing myself to anybody else, but when I was a poor, just out of college student, didn't have a lot of extra money. I was kind of doing odd jobs here and there. And somehow, because I focused and said, this is the most important thing in the world for my health, that I believe God's spirit, whatever you say, the universe, the life force met me in the middle there and said, okay, you believe it, I'm supporting you. And if you don't believe it matters, you're going to find every reason or any reason not to take the effort or the expense perception wise or otherwise to do that, which is necessary, I believe. And I'm not saying there aren't miracles beyond what I'm saying. I'm just saying in a very pragmatic, practical way, how do we undo and unwind from the cancer-causing chemistry that is in, in, in flowing all of the time because we were ignorant initially at one point in time, but I think uh, you guys and gals are not ignorant of this anymore. You know. And I'm not, ha- I'm not, wa- I'm not yelling at you. I'm not even judging you other than to say, I want you to see how important this is so that you can then ramp that up and important for you. And then you'll find that, as my experience has shown me, that life will meet you if you challenge life. And I don't mean you're like angry at life for this, but you're saying, look, if this is that important, I, I do perceive it, then I think I'm important enough to make that choice to bring only the good things in as much as possible with it. Again, I'm not saying that there's never an opportunity or never a reason that you can't do it. But for me, I've laid down the line, as you know, how I have because of my, you know, first 24 years of suffering chronic diseases. That's why it's, it seems easy for me. And it wasn't always easy for me, much less the ability to fast wasn't easy for me. Now it's not a problem after many years of replenishing the minerals, the things that even as I eat organically, I recognize I still need to supplement. 
But if it's overwhelming the supplementation, like in, you know, uh, our friend's uh, scenario, and you're not seeing any improvement or struggle to, to, there's a lot of other reasons related to movement, hydration. There's so many factors here to consider. But it's a, the sticky wicket for our friends in England, but it's a pickle also, we call it. It's a pickle, right? What do you do if you, if you continue to put that food in that, even in that CNN article, they acknowledge at a certain point, finally. Tumors in younger colorectal cancer patients. And they say this, they're very similar to those of older ones. Basically, they're saying they're the same. Just because it happens in a young person versus an old, but they were thinking, maybe it's different in a young person. Nope, same. So we're seeing generational decline. We're seeing a rapid uh, escalation of cancer over the generations and that each subsequent generation cannot tolerate as much. And you thought, well, I thought tolerance and adaptation for survival is a good thing. Well, yeah, it is to survive it, but it doesn't mean optimal. Like when, when my body rejected baby formula as an infant, as if I read the label and said, this is not good for me. And then, it, and then it continued to reject it outright. I would have perished in infancy because there was nothing getting in. Adaptation means your cells go, all right, this is all we're getting. It's not great, but let's find anything in there that can help us sustain the life of this body. And we'll deal with the other stuff in another way. If we can't remove it fast enough, you know, we'll store it. Maybe oh, we can't remove it through the, through the liver. Hey, how about throwing it through the skin? Oh, and I had horrible skin rashes as a kid. Brutal uncontrollable itching, bleeding through the skin. As a, as a kid, as a, as a little kid, I want you to understand that my journey is why I do what I do. Why I encourage you all to do better as well, once you know better, so that you're not victimized by the genes. The genes, oh, it's my genes. And now they acknowledge in this, in this article, there's growing doubt that genetics are even involved in reality. Epigenetics, yeah, but they don't use that term. Now, uh, you know, they also kind of throw a bone at the uh, better testing and diagnosing. It's like, well, maybe it's always been there. We're just better at diagnosing it. I almost don't even want to say anything about that. It's so annoying. <laughs> Last uh, paragraph in this article, and this really got me. It's just the same old experts that can't figure it out, say that they're in a race to figure it out. When the truth is they could, they, other than acknowledging what they're forced to acknowledge, the research will not go into an organic diet. Let's see what happens when we put these young people on organic non-GMO foods, just like in the movie Secret Ingredients. Let's see what happens then. Hmm? As, do you, show me, anybody, get me a paper from, uh, uh, you know, PubMed. And I will be the first to go, oh, dude, this is amazing. Who funded this? This is great. This is actually happening. I'm not aware of any of it right now. It doesn't mean it's not happening, but certainly uh, the mainstream of the uh, medical imperative, the economic imperative of modern medicine, the mo monopoly, is not to actually cure or prevent any disease unless they can profit off the cure and prevention that actually in reality ends up creating 10 other diseases. And they can say, see that one we were after, it's gone. Ignore the 10 others just like everything in the vaccine industrial complex. They can say that they have eradicated measles, despite the fact that measles is only occurring primarily among those with the shots and they're getting that strain. But let's put that aside and say, oh, they did it. What was the cost of eradicating measles? 
well, we know from Paul Thomas and Brian Hooker and, and others that have written on this, that the chronic disease rate in children has gone up exponentially. Where I was the canary in the coal mine, now the rarity of rarities is a child that has no chronic disease. And I count my children among them, not being vaccinated, never having been destroyed by their you know, gut, gut destruction from uh, antibiotics, for instance. But there are a lot of other things that you, you know, can contribute to that. But everything that you do to remove those contributing factors means more resilience for the growth and healing and regeneration that's possible. That's, that's likely when you do the right thing. So let's see, having a personalized risk assessment tool that will take into account their lifestyle, their environmental factors, genetic factors. I think if we have that, then it would allow us hopefully in the future, not now, of course, sometime in the future, in the misty future, to provide some personalized recommendations on when a person should be screened for colorectal cancer or what uh, modality of screening is it should be used based on the risk. So basically they're saying we can do better at screening. After all that we've said in this article, the only thing we're going to say is we'll get you in for screening, a little better screening. Yeah, a little better screening. And then we're good. What will the screening lead to? Detection of cancers maybe earlier that you could say, well, that's good, isn't it? No, because what are they going to do? It, horrible invasive therapies that could create other problems and cancers and never acknowledging what is acknowledged at least briefly in this article. Then maybe it's the food. Maybe it's the food. We have a question of the day coming up on uh, colorectal things. I think I might want to take it right now, if you don't mind, Super Don. Okay. This, is, this is from uh, Nicole. And you, you'll get this in the show notes for those of you uh, watching uh, later or, or whatever. RobertScottBell.com each and every day. This is the show for uh, Sunday, March the 26th, 2023. This is uh, came in from Nicole. She says, I did some uh, routine blood work to see where I was in my, uh, see where I was, as she says. Okay. Routine blood work. My labs came back a little alarming. My iron level was a five. So I'm very anemic. Okay. Don't get me started on anemia, but you are. We're going to get to that. Oh, you got it up on the screen. Thank you, Super D. I also took a stool test and found out that I am losing blood in my stool. So again, this is, you know, she's not saying whether it's a red blood that would be more closer to the colorectal region or if it's a darker, uh, uh, if it's black and maybe coming from a stomach ulcer, for instance, or higher up in the GI tract. But suffice it to say, that means inflammation and damage, ongoing injury to the endothelial or epithelial lining of the gut. My doctor, she says a naturopath, wants me to do a colonoscopy, but I don't want to. Now, a colonoscopy is not a therapy. It's a, it's a detection technique where they, you know, shove a camera up your butt. And after they make you drink all kinds of crazy stuff to clear out your butt, they won't do colo colorectal, uh, what we call a uh, colon hydrotherapy to clean it out, but they always want you to take some kind of nasty, toxic thing to, to clean your bowels out. Uh, she does say, I am doing the silver aloe protocol. She's juicing. She's taking black seed oil as well as, as, well as many supplements, including selenium and copper. Excellent. Do you have any suggestions and what would you do if it was your, you or your wife? Thank you, Nicole. Well, Nicole, in addition to the selenium and copper, we talked a bit about this in the, in the uh, AMA on Zoom over the weekend. The need to uh, up the intake of silicon or silica, the Alta health product silica that we get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. And silica is critical for connective tissue uh, renewal, regeneration, et cetera, along with copper. 
copper and zinc do play a role, but zinc has been so heavily emphasized to the depletion of copper. And in fact, when we talk depletion of blood loss, you might be uh, determined to be low in iron, but you still have plenty of iron stores. The reality is if you get the copper back in you at higher dosages, right, taking the sovereign copper at least a tablespoon three times a day, you can build up the blood much faster. You can drink chlorophyll. That's another wonderful tool to do. And if you do an iron-based supplement, I would make, or a copper iron-based, beyond what I've told you right now, it would be like desiccated liver from grass-fed animals. And you can do that in, in you know, in encapsulated forms as well, if you don't eat it. As well as, well, just thinking the other sources of liver, of copper, bee pollen, of course. Um, yeah, gee, there's a lot here to un, 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 unpack, so to speak. But you ask the question, if it were me or my wife, a lot of what you're doing, I would do. I would also look at what I'm eating. Of course, I know it says you're, you're juicing and doing some good things now, but are there other things that are pro-inflammatory to your bowel as well that's creating this scenario? The, sil the silver aloe gut recovery protocol will definitely reduce inflammation, as will the copper. Homeopathic phosphorus, remember that is your remedy for bleeding as well as systemic all over inflammation and even fever. If you're, if you have fever, I don't know if that you do have fever, but you could do uh, colon hydrotherapy to cleanse the colon of anything that, you know, there's waste products, things that could be there for years at this point that could be cleansed out as well. Coffee enemas. Yes, I would do that. I know super Don wouldn't, but Hey, that's, that's just something I do. It's a very rapid way of reducing the stress on the entire body through detoxifying the liver and or can-jest. Alta makes the silica. Alta makes the can-jest powder that I take a level teaspoon, not the little tiny scoop, a level teaspoon activated in warm water and drink it down three, perhaps even four times a day. And that's something you're not doing yet, Nicole. So I would say that's what I would do. Homeopathic phosphorus to help to stop the bleeding, get more copper in you. And, and I was going to mention if you did another uh, iron supplement, um, there was a uh, innate response, iron response. It used to be called mega food blood builder. I don't think that's changed, but that is another option for you as well to rebuild blood without taking these iron pills that'll bind you up in the inappropriate way along with the sovereign copper. All right, Super D. So uh, let's go back. And I know we have another question of the day in a little bit we'll get to. Um, there's another story here as a follow-up to our uh, colorectal cancer uh, question. Yes. The FDA, what are they saying we need? Or somebody saying that we need this for the FDA? <clears throat> Rigorous trials? Rigorous trials, maybe, yeah. perhaps. For what? Should be needed mm -hmm. for accelerated approval. Approval of what? Drugs. For what? Well. Say it. Go ahead. You know it. For cancer. For, well, okay. Yeah, they use cancer in this particular yeah. example i think they probably would would do the yeah, well, okay so here's the thing when i read this yes okay they were talking about cancer drugs mm -hmm. but and and yes that that's a good follow-up to what we were talking about mm -hmm. but when i read this i was just like uh shouldn't shouldn't there be rigorous trials for any accelerated approval yeah i mean you know whatever for cancer drugs uh for all drugs Mm -hmm. You know, we listen for years. We've talked about the whole accelerated the fast track, right? Yes, we're going to fast track this drug, you know, because we determined that there's a need for it. And, yeah, you know, if if we didn't fast track it, people might die. 
Uh, yeah. Well, and, in the meantime, how how much effort do they do they place, and how much money do they do to enforce and throw anybody that does these this naturally under the bus, with or without? Well, they they get wonky in here, and I, I'm sure you know you you know you know the difference you know the different types of trials here the, the, in this particular one of trials that they're, they're talking they're talking about, about was it single Art arm trials I think they're called versus single arm studies yeah single arm studies yeah. which you know uh, uh, the way I understand it is uh, you know a single arm study is going to be less reliable and less, less accurate yeah. than, than random uh, a randomly controlled trial. So yeah. uh, the idea of, well, we're going to do an accelerated approval on this. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the track record on these accelerated approvals. We have examples in the past of these drugs that have been, you know, uh, slammed through. And they'll say, oh, well, it's because, you know, there's a need for it and we want to make sure that people have access to it. And it's, you know, there's the blah, 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 blah. When in reality, you know, as we've seen in the past, these accelerated tri- approvals are, they're, they're corrupt. This yes. is the, the drug company. Whoops. Yeah. Oh, I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're getting excited over My it. chair brought to you by Pfizer. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. That you know these guys, the, the, you know, it's all it's all money. Uh, just follow the, the 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 money trail. Well, and that's why the follow up to this the opening uh, focus on colorectal cancer is right in line with what we're telling you. Uh, that even as they acknowledge on some level, they can't. I mean, it's ridiculous for them to not acknowledge food might be a contributing factor, right? At the same time, none of these single armed controls or randomized controlled trials are going for, hey, let's look at what happens when we put these patients on a certified organic non-GMO diet. And bingo, bango, bongo, what would we find? Holy crap, we don't need the drugs because the cancer went away, because you stopped feeding it. You nourish the healthy metabolic functions of all your cells because the food was clean and rife with micronutrients, minerals, trace elements. And and, and so I, I look at this and it's like an ongoing saga for me as you, you know, throw these articles at me. I'm like, here we are in 2023. I'm like, have we learned nothing? Do they actually have the ability to keep all of this under wraps and say, we just need more fast track studies? for cancer or other drugs for other diseases, which are caused by other drugs. I, I'm like, you know, what do I do with this? What do we do with this? What do you do with this? The mainstream narrative has collapsed on COVID. Why hasn't it collapsed on drugs for disease, drugs for cancer, antibiotics for infection? Are we still, are we still faithful to the false church, the false religion of modern medicine that we can't see through that as well. Oh, well, it's because CNN and NBC and even Fox, I mean, primarily sponsored by big pharma. Although I have to say, you know, Fox has done some interesting work on things that big pharma is not happy with, including years ago when Carol Alt had her show and that went pretty far until it couldn't any longer. So I, I, I don't have I mean, it's not a quip or anything about this. It's just one of those things where you come to that, the end of the road, so to speak, you hit that wall and you go, oh, here we are again. Have we not learned that every time we hit this brick wall, we get more cancer, not less. And they, and they fund more studies into drugs that cause cancer, not cure it. 
Well, and and Robert had the drugs that get approved on these these fast track deals and stuff like that. They end up quite often, as we've seen, yeah, uh, pulled off. Now, of course, years later, yeah, many many years later, after these, these drugs have made all the money, they didn't have to go through the rigorous testing that would have cost millions of dollars, right? Yeah, that, that same testing that they try and say, oh, well, you know, uh, if you're you're putting out grape juice or something you know so right. yeah you got to do some trials and, and studies on out. that million, it, it should be right out. but for them no they they get to sidestep the millions of dollars that it would cost for them to do these studies to prove that it's actually working mm-hmm. it gets the accelerated approval gets out there gets used they find out you know 10 years later down the road oh well actually you know what now that we just did a real study on it yeah we found out it's no better than placebo mm-hmm. and then they pull it off the market yeah. After it's caused, you know, all the side effects and stuff and everything that that it does for people that have taken it, and mm-hmm. uh, the co- the the drug companies made, you know, well, we made a few billion dollars off of it. It's all yeah, good. Yeah, sometimes they're fined for you know some illicit things, and a lot of times, no, oh well, it just didn't work. We'll pull it off. In the meantime, all that sorry, money, they they made all we the did it with all the the right intentions. Yeah, we meant well, uh, yeah. and they list Merck's Keytruda, which was pulled as a treatment for certain lung cancer patients, and. TG Therapeutics lymphoma drug also withdrawn. And those accelerated approvals were based on the single arm studies, not the RCTs over a long period of time. Far cheaper, far more rapid. And then you can throw a bone to your constituents to say, see, we're supporting the FDA. We're fast tracking drugs. And this is where even Trump all in on fast track because he was bought into the big pharma lies as is anybody. You know, and this is not to throw Trump under the bus for people that love Trump or, or even like him. It's just a recognition that both sides of the political uh, aisle are enamored and worshipful still of the pharmaceutical industry and doctors. They still haven't, Superdon, invited the homeopaths and the naturopaths and the herbalists and the chiropractors and the energy healers to the table to address things like cancer. Not since the uh, NCCAM uh, was the National Center for Complementary Alternative Medicine. Um, that was a, an outcropping of uh, the demand in the 1990s, 80s to the 90s. It was like, we've got to do something different. And they, for a while, they did, including my mentor was one of the reviewers in homeopathy, was one of the reviewers of potential study uh, trials on natural therapies. Yet eventually it was co-opted and corrupted and destroyed utterly and miserably because big pharma ca- captured the NIAID, the NIH, everything. And so... We are still not invited until that happens. It's a false reality in a sense. They're not actually trying to find the cure for anything. And I'm sorry if you know people that are in the industry of, of looking or working for the National Cancer Institute. Or, I'm sorry, they're trapped. Just as many doctors and nurses were trapped in COVID until the few escaped from the dangerous game being played on all of us. Now, another thing I would highly recommend now, the more I'm learning about it, we know that cancer is due to systemic recurrent ongoing, unremittent inflammation, causing damage to the cells, including the chromosomal uh, integrity of the cells. The most potent antioxidants are going to be critical to help prevent or reverse these situations. Selenium, number one on my list, but right there now with it is the Folium PX product, Folium products. And the three products are the super antioxidant, the baseline, it's your starting point, the Folium super antioxidant immuno, your second formula, and the folium super antioxidant, relax. And so anybody that is in that vulnerable situation, I would absolutely consider, 
I consider, I'm like, dude, don't even wait, get on the folium among other things that we talk about. But that is now a supercharged way to get on the mend in a hurry by bringing those things into your system. So a lot of cancer talk today, and I think it's important and worthwhile and super done. I appreciate you sending these articles. Obviously the colorectal thing in younger people got me fired up to talk about this. It's a and big deal. Really and yeah. you know what the thing is, is you caught that one part that I missed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just blows my, yeah. Uh, leading cause of, of, of cancer. In, in what did they say? 2030? 20 to 49 by 2030. Yeah. So Dude, that's only seven, seven years. years from now. Yeah. Within seven years. How, how much longer can we continue to eat garbage food, genetically engineered food, pesticide laden foods and pretend it has nothing to do with this? No, no, no. It's a random act. Oh no, no, no. It's genetic. No, no, no. It, you know, it's because we're fat. No, no, no. On and on it goes. Anything to avoid even the acknowledgement. Because the acknowledgement would then lead to if they really took it to heart and read on it and learned about it, then they would go like, well, all of our studies now need to go single arm randomized control trials on food. Put good food in, remineralize, look into antioxidant therapies, and then all of a sudden cancer is going away. But you have it. It's not arising, whether you were on the way toward it, it's, it's reversing it, and the entire cancer industrial complex goes kaput except for a small fraction of what it would be today. They can't have, they can't have that. Is is that cynical? No, that I think that's real. And we know that the uh, American Cancer Society and in its initial charter, I haven't brought this up in a long time, said if they ever acknowledged a cure for cancer was found, they would have to disband. You tell me why a multi-billion dollar annual revenue generator, National Cancer Society, American Cancer Society, would want to, Stop that gravy train from rolling in. Sorry, even though there are good people in there that really believe in what they're doing, the entire of the entirety of the machine will squash you like a bug if you come out and go, hey, look, we found it. We found it. It's not one thing. It's a hundred things, which is why the final the quest for the cures, final chapter or whatever is going strong. More people than ever. Please share the links. Super Don, do we have that up as a banner? Or is that, I mean, that should be on there as long as this is going on. Which banner? Quest for the Cures. Uh, it's in the show notes. In the show notes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So how appropriate is that? Because we are doing it. They are doing oh, yeah. it. And those are the things that are being censored called crazy. And, and if you want to get more information on that, just uh, get signed up for the uh, the newsletter, mm-hmm. which I do send out not as much as I'd like to. Um, and eventually I will be sending that out on, on the regular again. Um, but also when you sign up for the newsletter, you also are signing up for uh, alerts on things that are coming up, including the quest for the cures. And there will be an email going out this week. Gotcha. Yeah. Very good. Now we have some interesting stories on the state level. Uh, We know that um, there's pushback. Mostly they're not on the federal level against uh, the COVID narrative, the COVID crazy promotion of mandates of shots or uh, mandates of masks, et cetera. There's a story here originally published in the conservative review uh, it says Horowitz uh, top 10 bombshell bills on medical freedom to put COVID fascism into the grave. Now, I saw a meme the other day. I don't know what that was. It was like uh, Democrats are all about putting their political enemies in prison until until fascism is is overcome. Ah, hmm. <laughs> See that one? Think about that for a moment. Yes. <laughs> 
like, excuse me, <laughs> squeeze me. But, but uh, you know, this is what we're talking about. COVID fascism. And uh, uh, this is from a, a quote that they open here from the rise of the fourth Reich, the substantive pushback, a mass vaccination drive of human liberty against the pathogen of biomedical tyranny is now is open now, but it won't be open forever. The, uh, this is a book called the rise of the fourth Reich. So, uh, we look at these things and every one of the things of these, this top 10 list is, is a state level pushback, nothing at the federal level yet. I wish we get Jonathan Emord in the Senate. I think it would help a little bit, but still a lot of state level bills, one holding pharma executives liable for concealing info on vaccine safety. This is Arkansas's SB eight sponsored by Senator Brian King. Mm. Again, accountability goes a long way to stopping the, the, the criminality of big pharma hiding safety uh, studies that show right. something's not safe. And why would they not agree to that, right? Yeah, exactly. We got nothing to hide, no problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. Number two, uh, this is out of Kansas, SB6. Ban health departments from issuing public health edicts that violate liberty. Now, who would oppose that? Hmm. Of course, right now, the Democrats primarily, and if there's a, a Republican that uh, opposes it, then shame on them. But this is sponsored by State Senator Mark Steffen there in Kansas. I like this. It would make all health department guidance a mere recommendation and not, not a, mandate. a mandate. Exactly. Yeah, recommend away, bozos. No power for, of the mandate. Number three, this is out of Texas. Texas Senator Bob Hall introduced the healthcare sanctuary state bill SB 307. Block all federal public health edicts from enforcement within the state. Again, looking to get more local. Stopping at a level above the state which means federal and or super federal. And this, this is a state's right. This is the 10th Amendment. This is nullification mm -hmm. uh, in action here. Basically, mm -hmm. it just says here that if, if the federal health edict, public health edict, is not consistent with state law, then it won't be enforced. Right. There you go. Number four, out of Idaho, HB 307, ban mRNA vaccines and any other novel technology with the potential to spread toxic gene codes through the body. Now, mm. uh, in Utah, they did this a little smarter. They just said, hey, we're not going to ban it. We're just going to say you can't force anybody to get an, a gene-altering therapy of any kind for you, going to school or having or work or travel or anything like that. But, hey, if they can do it in, in Idaho with that language, great. Uh, but there are ways to get that done and has been done in other states. Number five, uh, this is out of Missouri. Keep mRNA out of food and other products. So there's real pushback against this mRNA technology. And this is problematic for big pharma because they've counted on mRNA technology to replace old technology for all, all vaccinations and many drugs as well. Number six, report vaccine injuries. This is related to VAERS. This is Texas SB 305. Doctors were told to be silent about vaccine injury. So this would make you know, a requirement to report injury or potential injury. Which you would think they would have yeah. already been doing, right? You know? right. Well, we it's, know one, it, maybe it, 1% is, to 10%. Isn't it ironic that uh, on the one hand, they'll say that, oh, well, you can't rely on VAERS because it's not reliable. But on the other hand, there, there are people that are making sure that it's it's not. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is really, if you think about it, if there are people that are being told, oh, don't don't report vaccine injury, then what does that mean? That means that the vaccine injuries that are reported are just a fraction of what really is going on because there are people that are purposely not yeah. reporting the vaccine injuries, right? Exactly. Number seven, ban vaccine status discrimination. I mean, this is a no-brainer, isn't it? Discrimination bad? 
Tolerance, <laughs> acceptance, good. It's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. Bob Hall's SB 304, uh, that's his, uh, in Texas. But Florida has several versions winding through the legislature to stop discrimination based on your status, being jabbed or not jabbed. Great. That not happened yet on the federal level, although I know uh, maybe Rand Paul has already put something like that through. I know, I know a Senator Emord would definitely put that up there. Number eight, prohibit vaccines that did not undergo human trials. Well, there, there's a, at least another buffer that you just can't rush this thing out by testing it on animals or not at all on anybody mm-hmm. or anything. Like it's a moment of duh right there. Like the monkeypox jab hasn't even been full, gone through full human trials and are already putting it out there. So this is out of New Hampshire. Another, you know, this is these are un, unprecedented and unheard of. Would we have so-called anti-vaccine anything bills on any level on any state before COVID? No, the boneheads that push the COVID narrative and the jab have themselves to blame. Also for calling it a vaccine instead of what it is, gene-altering mm-hmm. therapy. If it's not therapeutic, it might not be. Number nine, unquestionable religious exemptions from all vaccines. Wow, this should this should be in every state. This is uh, in Montana, SB 450, sponsored by State Senator Daniel Emmerich. I mean, why do you even need this? It's because the states have run roughshod over religious liberty religious freedom so well yeah why 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 should you allow for the state to violate religious freedom it's a first amendment issue is it not no and it's a right that comes from god not government anyway and number 10 end abuse of emergency powers this is uh, sf 91 in iowa and uh, it's amazing how few of the states have reformed their emergency powers even with the abuses that everybody's witnessed and so that at least there's one attempt there in Iowa to curtail their ability to endlessly abuse emergency declarations. And this is as good as any of them because, well, if you can declare an emergency and, a, and, and just say the Constitution is no longer in effect, well, then what's the point of having a Constitution ever? There's no clause in the Constitution that says you can declare an emergency and suspend the limitations on government to protect your rights instead to run rough shot over them i don't want i don't want the government to do anything then other than that what is required not because of an emergency but because it it was written in the constitution here are the enumerated powers and let's roll back some of them that have happened uh under the uh bureaucratic state as well again jonathan emort special there all right we got about five minutes or so left uh super d good hour here so far uh very good and intense discussion we don't go lightly into the week here uh sometimes i'd like to lighten it up these are important, important discussions. Do, do you think in this last five minutes here, we can squeeze in one more question of the day? Yes, let's do it. All right. Yeah. So this is from Grace. She says, do you know how to help my friend? She was tested with inactive TB. They're making her take this med for four months. She didn't three times, but they are now threatening jail. Now this what? is, a big, big, yeah. So this is one of those things that goes back in the books that, you know, with TB, if they say you're communicable, they can lock you up. Oh, I see. Okay. If, you, if, you, if you don't comply. Now, the question is, is this person actually communicable based on the test? And I would argue TB is not an easy so-called infection to acquire, yet it is still, as an infection on planet Earth, considered the number one cause of death of all infections, even beyond malaria, TB. Although malaria is more parasite, but tuberculosis, the tuberculinum. Homeopathically, we have the tuberculinum, TK, nosodes. We also have various infection remedies. We know how to use bioactive silver hydrosol to neutralize TB. But I will say this, 
TB in history was known as the consumption. And it was an end stage infectious disease, not an acute infection. You know, here you are walking around for decades and you're like, oh, well, you're a carrier. It, well, how come it didn't kill you if it's so dangerous and deadly? It's because it's an end stage disease when your entire body systems have broken down and become dysfunctional. Your immune system is corrupt. Does that, you hear about this any at all? Immune deficiency, immune collapse? So to utilize silver consistently will certainly neutralize it. To use the homeopathic remedy, some of which I mentioned, would neutralize it. But the question is, in dealing with the so-called public health authorities, we know how criminal they are. Can you succeed in, in pushing back, Grace, for your friend? And how did your friend get plugged into this system? Why was she tested? Is she in the local county health department free care stuff? Because that's where you see a lot of this in people that were uh, drug users or completely malabsorbed in terms of nutrient deficiencies, et cetera, to manifest it. Just being exposed to it is not enough. You do not get quote unquote TB if you're, if you have any immune system functioning at all, you're not going to succumb to it. But they don't look at it that way. It's all about the germ theory. Oh, you're a carrier now. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know enough about your friend, but I just wanted to relate some things that can be done. But you must extricate yourself from the relationship to free care because free care comes with strings attached, including here's a prison cell for you. It's free because you got tested. So uh, with that, we got a couple of minutes left. Uh, I want to make some announcements this week. I'll be heading up uh, after the show on Tuesday to Virginia. I'll plan to do live shows all three days, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 30, uh, 31st, 30th, and 29th, 29th, 30th, 31. We have three-city tour of Virginia, Lynchburg, Leesburg, and uh, just outside of Richmond. And you can check that out, emord4va.com, or hopefully they'll be uh, listed at our you know, in our upcoming events, I want that there because there's so much that Jonathan is doing. I want you to be part of. If you can attend, please come see me and Jonathan and others. If you know anybody in Virginia, please send them. Vitally important. This is the Save America tour. And we'll do some more. And then right after that, I'll be with my friends at Nutritional Frontiers in uh, Clearwater Beach. I'm going to be there the first, second, and the third. I'll head out on the third. So uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It'll start on Friday. I'd love to see you there. Shortly thereafter, uh, BeHealthyUtah.com, 21st and 22nd, a Friday, Saturday in Utah at the uh, Mountain America Convention Center in Sandy, Utah. And then shortly after that, we head to Nashville again for the, the Warner's extraordinary event, Health and Freedom. It's, it's going to be amazing. We got the Nurse Freedom Network there, Kimberly Overton, Nurse Michelle, and so many others. I'll be emceeing. I'll be speaking. I'll be broadcasting and interviewing Super D. I just, uh, I don't know where I'm going to find time to do it all, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> the same place you have found time to do it all for the last, uh, how many years now you've been doing this? You're well, the hardest working man in health talk radio. It's 24th year broadcasting. Yep. And uh, we're still going strong, I believe, even though I've got a little bit more gray behind my ears. Is that where they say it's behind your ears? Or is behind your ears? Head? No, you're supposed to wash behind your ears. Oh, wash behind your ears. Maybe yeah. that's why it's gray. I've never washed there. Oh, like, uh -huh, oh, there you go. Can't figure this out. So there are more upcoming events. Uh, you guys check it out in the uh, show notes and or um, at the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. And if you want to know all the discount codes for things like Nutritional Frontiers, all their wonderful products, even their sale products, get an additional 15% off with RSB 15 code. 
Uh, you can take part in the amazing Trinity School of Natural Health events and, uh, uh, well, the various classes. <clears throat> and they're all there. If you go to uh, the Robert Scott Bell Show, there's more tab, click more, and it'll say, you know, discount codes and things. So lots yep. of great things. All right. Well, here we go. <laughs> Where are we going? Here we go. Here we go to save the day. We've done it. We've done an hour of 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 new content There's on a lot Sunday. Of gravity on a Sunday, you know. Gravity yeah. Well, we're gonna we're listen, listen. It's it's we're gonna we're gonna uh, make some changes here on how we're doing this. We just wanted to make sure that you guys are getting some updated information on new stories and stuff that we haven't talked about during the week. Yeah. Uh, you know, moving forward, we'll have guests on Sundays, and and you know, it's it's gonna be just another day of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Folks, I had pie on Saturday, feeling good on Sunday. I hope you are ready to rock the health world all week with us as we head to Virginia. I do anyway. And then down to Clearwater Beach, Florida with Nutritional Frontiers. God bless you all for being here. Thank you so much. Share the show. And remember, the power to heal is yours. 